This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of the North Church, as part of the 2023 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. We're here. Whew. Glad you guys are all here. Thanks for powering through. Can you guys hear me okay? Good. I'm really not good with the mic because I move my hands a lot when I talk. So, um, I know that this today so far has already been like, but you guys are doing well. Hang in there. We'll get through and then your brain can relax a little bit for the next couple hours. Um, I'm Ariana. I am on staff with Camp Sarich in Minneapolis. I'm married to Lucas, who's walking away over there. Um, we have been on staff for nine years. This is my family. Um, we just hiked some, or I guess not hiked, spelunked, went through some caves in Missouri before we came to Project, and then you'll see my boys running around. Um, Edwin is the tall one, and Calvin is the strangely athletic younger one. He'll be powering through with his bike all the time, so just watch your toes. Um, we're excited to be here. They love it down here. They call this beach home. This is like a second home for them, and all their friends are here all the time, so play with them. They love it. Um, this I love this time because this is this is like the how are you coming in talk. This is, okay, let's just take a second and remember where we are, um, what's going on. And this is helpful for me, even as we were driving in from Missouri, um, I was, we were like a couple hours away, we both were like, okay, we feel like we need to like, like mentally switch everything to just be here. Um, and we love being here. We've been coming here for um, more than half of, half of some of your guys' lives. I think this, he's been down here 14 times. This is probably my 11th time down here. Um, so we love it here, but it does take just a little bit of mental switch to be here, be present, and drink from a fire hydrant every day. Um, but it's, I mean, you got here, you, you all had different maze, you all went through different things, you got in a car, you probably drove with people that you didn't even know that you, when you got in the car with them. Then you get here to a bunch of strangers who are waving signs in your face and grabbing your bags and throwing them in a room, and now you're in a room with a stranger, and then you're tired and you wake up and now you're here and we're just saying a bunch of things to you. It's just, it's been a whirlwind. And as an introvert, that's like, it feels like welcome week for a college, which is like an introvert's nightmare. So I'm like, I do this every year and I'm still like, ah, so many people, so many things. And I, I mean, I don't even know probably over half of your guys' faces, which is fun and new. Usually I feel like, I know more people, so I'm excited to get to know you guys more, but I'm glad you're here. And so that's why this part I think is really helpful because this is just a time to be like, okay, where am I? How did I get here? How am I doing? Why did I come here? And just reflect a little bit to put you in a good spot as we walk forward for the rest of the summer. Um, so what I want you to do really quick is just take out your journal, notebook, whatever it is that you're writing in. Um, and I'm gonna, we're gonna put a couple questions up here for you. I just want you to take a few minutes to jot through how was your May. What are you coming in to STP carrying? Um, some of you guys maybe had harder Mays or carrying some heavy things in. Some of you guys maybe had really fun April Mays getting engaged for some of you, one of you. Um, maybe 
May was really fun and exciting, and you graduated, but it was kind of a whirlwind, and you didn't even have time to like process the excitement and that. And so I want you to just jot a little bit about how May was for you, or what you feel like you're carrying into STP, and then want you to jot or journal through a little bit. Why did you come to STP? Like really, why did you really want to come down here? Because you all counted the cost, financial cost, maybe car cost. It might have been more than you thought coming down. Um, and what in that, like what are you hoping to get out of STP? And then what are you asking God to do in you this summer? So anything in those realms that just kind of helps stir you, I'll give you guys a couple minutes to start jotting through that. Great. I hope to start this like stirring process for you. I'm not going to give you all the journaling time now because then we'll be in here forever. But um, I hope that at least starts a little reflection for you on how you're coming in. And if you need more time later, I do encourage you to do it because it's helpful um, to be aware of where you're at, to know what you're coming in with, and then to be thinking about what it is you're wanting and why you're here and what you're praying that God would do and that we continue to hold that out as things go on with the summer. And all of you guys are coming in with way different things. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to give you time to do that is because just from yesterday to today, I interacted with three different students that I was like, wow, all three of them are coming in with a lot of different stuff already. So um, know that even for your rooms and for the people that you're interacting with, that everyone's got different things they're bringing in, joys and hardships, tensions and emotions and things, and that's going to impact our time together. But I'm glad that you're here, no matter what you're, where you're coming in, even wherever you're coming in in the spectrum of how long you've known Jesus or if you would even say that you treasure him yet, um, any of that, this is what this, this summer is for. This is why we're excited for you to be here. And the things that you put on there or what you're praying that God would do for you this summer, I'm going to let you know what we as the staff are praying for you, um, which some of them have hinted at of like, wanting you to treasure the word deeply in your heart and to look to Jesus and all the things that we're doing. And all that is under this umbrella of our greatest desire for you this summer is your personal growth in discovering Jesus and enjoying him more. Um, and that's going to be different for all of you. Some of you have different things you need to discover about Jesus that you haven't discovered yet. Some of you maybe haven't discovered Jesus at all yet. And we all all, 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 staff included, need to continue to discover him and enjoy him more. And so we hope that when you leave in July, August, um, that you will feel like you can look back and be like, I discovered more things about Jesus, and because of that, I delight in him more. So what I want to talk about today a little bit is there's three things that I think need to happen in order for that goal to happen. The first is you have to be honest with yourself. So when you're processing through those things and you're thinking, how am I actually doing? What's going on? Um, you have to be able to be honest with how you're really doing in order to get to that place of knowing more Jesus and treasuring him more. Um, and I think it's important because, I mean, I think of my first summer ages ago um, when I came down to this exact location, which is really fun. Um, I grew up in the church. I had a lot of decent amount of Bible knowledge um, and was able to say a lot of that stuff to other students and staff I was interacting with. But it took me a while that summer that I found out actually, maybe not a while, fairly quickly, that I found out things I didn't know, not just about Jesus, but about myself. Um, I had really never, like, I knew we are all sinners and we need Jesus. But I don't think I had ever really known Ariana's a sinner in this specific way. And then I was in a room with strangers and I was hot, like literally so hot. And I was like, this is miserable and I'm irritated all the time. 
And my sin just spewed out all the time. I was like, I'm irritated at you, and I don't even know why. It's just your mannerisms. I'm like, okay, that, that's not <laughs> And so I just felt like those things quickly showed me, like, my pride, my judgments, like everything that I just felt grumbly about. And so it's, I knew it wasn't like, I feel like that was the first summer that I really treasured Jesus. And I wouldn't have if I didn't see that I actually needed him. And I needed to see and be honest with myself about the depths of my sin in order to see how sweet it was what Jesus did. If I don't see that, then what he does is just this ambiguous idea in my mind. So I want you guys to be able to be honest with yourself. Not be afraid to go there. Of like, why did I actually say that thing that I just said to the person in my room? Or why did I actually not want to do those dishes to help them out? Or why am I actually grumbling at work? Whatever it is, don't be afraid to be honest with yourself of what's going on and go there. Because if you can go to the depths there, then the treasuring of Jesus can come and will come. Um, 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. So be honest with yourself of, do I actually love Jesus? Do I actually have a relationship with him? Or has it been something I've been just walking the walk, talking the talk? Um, Don't be afraid to even go there. Paul's asking you to be suspect of yourself. Like, am I? Examine yourself. And even the Greek philosopher Socrates says, the unexamined life is not worth living. So examine the life. Take moments to be able, and this is why I like this time, take a moment to be able to look in and examine. Um, because you don't want to live a fake facade. So that's the first thing. If you want to move towards the goals that you're praying for the summer and the things that we're praying for you, is you've got to be able to be honest with yourself. And the second one is to be able to be honest with others. I'm guessing most of you, if not majority of you, have seen Harry Potter, or at least heard of it. And it's not a spoiler because that's years and years that it's been out. But if you know anything about Harry Potter, you know the Dursley family, and they... Um, there's a magical world out there that Harry Potter is involved in and aware of. And so all these magical things are happening in their house. But they, they see it. They both do, the mom and the dad. They see these magical things, but they both make, make up lie after lie to excuse it. Like, oh, that was just this weird thing that happened. Because they won't admit that there's a magical world there. And you know, if you know the story, you know that they're the most miserable characters in the whole story. And it's for a reason. So I want you to be honest with yourself and be honest with others because there is more freedom and not, not as much misery like the Dur- Dursley family um, to, be, to be honest, to be able to go there. And I don't want you to live a filtered, Instagram, shottable life that says everything is fine all the time because every single one of you who has ever even been on Instagram knows that's not true. There is no single life that is happy all the time like the filtered lives that's put on Instagram. So... Don't walk around like you're an Instagram filter. Um, Be honest with one another of how you're really doing, because only then will freedom and joy and healing be able to come. Um, I was going to talk about another movie, but push through. Um, I'm guessing a lot of you, the reasons that I think it's hard for us to share how we're really doing with one another is because we feel like we're going to be a burden to somebody. So when they walk by and they're like, hey, how are you? You have this moment that you're like, I'm really not great, but they probably don't really want to get into a long conversation with me, so I'm probably just going to say that I'm fine, even though I'm not. Um, But those are the moments to lean in. And it's actually biblical for you to be a burden to one another because the Bible, Galatians 6.2 says, bear in one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So God has called us to share one another's burdens. So if you're like, oh, I'm afraid to be a burden, 
You get to be. He's giving you a path to do it, and you're giving you each other a chance to love one another like Christ would. Um, so beware of what I call the virus of self-reliance. That is what the culture is telling you is to do, is to be self-reliant. And that's a virus that will kill you in the long run. So don't go that way. Re- rely on one another. Um, so when you read the Bible this summer with other people, when you're hearing all kinds of talks, when you have questions and thoughts arise, like Chase was saying earlier, it's, a, it's like a fire hydrant. So jot things down. If you have a moment that you're like, I don't know what I think about what this person just said, put it in your journal somewhere or your notebook somewhere. Or if something comes up, you're like, I really liked that. Write it off to the side and circle it. Because when, when it all feels like one, and it will, July will come and you'll be like, I heard this somewhere on some day, and I don't remember what day or where it was, because it's all going to just blur and mush together. But you'll be able to go back to your notebook and be like, oh, it was on this day, and this is what I liked about it, and this is why. So I encourage you to put those things in there. Don't be afraid to write questions down of like, I want to ask my room leader or my team leader this because this was confusing, or this was weird to me, or I don't know that I like this, or I want to think about this more and pray about this more. So take advantage of those things to be honest with yourself and being honest with others. Our community, or the community of the body of Christ, is one of the main things that God has given us to help him know and treasure him more. So if you're taking your growth in loving Jesus more, then you need to take your vulnerability with other people seriously as well. Now, there is wisdom in that. I'm not saying you need to walk around and tell everybody in this room every single thing about your life. Um, I don't think that that's what he's calling us to. But I do think because of our culture's lean and push to self-reliance and our temptation to self-reliance, I do encourage all of you to um, lean towards vulnerability and take more steps of vulnerability over time. You just got into a room of people you don't know. So vulnerability right now might be, this is where I was born. This is where I'm like. This is what my family's like. This is what my relationships with my family is like and my friends are like. And just the beginning stuff that hopefully by July when things come up that you can have more depth there. So being honest with yourself, be honest with others. And the third thing that's going to help you um, love Jesus more, treasure him, is to look to him and not to yourself. If you are like me, um, I'm the reason I like this talk is because I'm a highly introspective person. I love to just navel gaze and think about how am I doing all the time. Um, and some of you are like that, some of you are not, and that's okay. But there's a there's a ditch to that that's not great, which is I call paralysis by analysis, where I get paralyzed because I'm constantly analyzing what did I do, just what I just did, and what what was I thinking, and is that sinful, and I can get stuck down there. Um, And that's not the aim. So I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to be honest with others, but I don't want you to end there. We become what we behold, someone said somewhere once. See, it all mushes together. Um, So if you're constantly consuming your mind and your eyes and your heart with things like Instagram or Twitter world or be real or whatever the new fad is right now, um, then you're going to slowly become like that world. But if you're constantly looking, setting your eyes on Jesus and the things of Jesus, we become what we behold, and you will be transformed more and more to be like him. So after you've seen, I'm sinful, (laughs) I'm irritated with my roommate for things that God designed her in, that's that's stupid, that's on my heart. Okay, I want to share that. I shared that with my room leader. She felt very overwhelmed because she didn't know what to do with it, rightfully so. Um, But I tried to be vulnerable, so I shared it with her, and I was like, I'm really irritated with the girl I'm sharing a bed with because she just bothers me. She's like, okay. 
Um, I was like, I'm sorry, now I'm irritated with you, um, which I wasn't. But that then helped me look up. And as I learned more and more, it talks about Jesus. I was like, he sees that. He knows the depths of that. And he still sent Jesus to die for me. He still loves me. That made me treasure him. So end with looking up. Um, so I want to kickstart this process for you. I try to speed through that because I just wanted to give you the, the three things that I'm encouraging you to do this summer. If you want to know Jesus more and you want to treasure him more, then be honest with yourself, be honest with others, and look to him as much as you can. You can do those things after every talk, after everything that's going on, when you leave work, after you have interactions with people. You can enmesh that stuff in, and I feel like how can we not love him more and treasure him more? But I want to do a kickstart of that with you a little bit. We're going to dive into that. Um, so I want, let's start with being honest with ourselves. You guys did a little bit with your journal of how you're doing coming in, but I want to get to what you really need to be honest about at some level. In order to know Jesus more and treasure him more, we have to get to the very, very deep root of have we received him? Because we can't know him and we can't treasure him if we have not received him. And I'm guessing a ton of you would say, yeah, I've received Jesus. But what does that mean, really, for you? What does it actually mean that you've received Jesus? Um, John Piper says, to say that I received Jesus means nothing until you have answered the question as what? There are all kinds of ways to receive Jesus that have zero effect on your eternity except to make it worse. Oh, great, I did have that up there. Okay, so it really matters what it means that you receive Jesus as. It's not as simple as, sorry if I'm blocking anybody, receiving him. So I'm going to breeze through. Whenever God made everybody on what I imagine to be like a conveyor belt of people, when it got to like art and design and like giftings in that world, he just skipped me. So you're going to have to deal with my clip art because that's the extent of what I have. Um, but I put up here a couple of things to just help us see ways that we can tend to receive Jesus that are not helpful ways. So one might be a parent. Is Jesus like a strict parent to you? that is telling you all the rules and regulations, telling you you need to obey. If you do well, you get praise, maybe you get allowance, or maybe for some of you, your parent was really distant. And so when Jesus or God can feel very distant or disconnected or uninvolved, um, or perhaps disappointed in you. So to be honest and think about, are you receiving Jesus like a parent? I think this is one of the categories I can fall into. I can think that God is like uh, a distant father that's ready to just bring down the rules when we disobey. So that's one for me. But Or is, is Jesus like an apartment maintenance man? Um, when you can't fix a certain problem, then he comes in and he'll fix it for you. But there's no relationship there. It's like, come in, fix this problem, and then send him away. Keep going about your day. Or is Jesus like a teacher? He's smarter than you. You like the way that he lived his life. So you love to read the Bible and see the things that he did. And you want to learn from him. Um, but with teachers comes often grades. And so there's this lingering like, oh, I haven't done enough, or I'm trying to please him all the time. And he might be thinking that like, you should know these things by now. Um, and still lacks the depth of relationship. So is Jesus more like a teacher to you? Or is Jesus like a friend to you? Like he says all these things, I love you, and there's promised life with me, and you love those things. Um, but he's more a friend that's going to be your yes man and boost your ego, but not someone that's going to challenge you and say hard things to you. So do you welcome the hard things that Jesus says, or is he more like a friend? Um, or is Jesus more like a tool on your tool belt 
You want to be the best moral and good person that you can, and in order to get that way, Jesus has laid out this life for you. So you're going to read all these things about him, and it's made Christianity more like a religion to you. You do these Christian things to be a better person, but it's not about having Jesus. It's about how you're presenting yourself. That's, that was a lot of my story. Um, I went to counseling in our first year of marriage, and the girl, Lexi, that was counseling me was like, it seems like you have this highway that's like, this is how Ari wants to do her life, and as long as I keep going that way, I'm going to put Jesus on there to help me get to that path. But it doesn't seem like Jesus is your path. And I was like, cool. Um, you don't know me. But she was right. So um, is that how Jesus is to you? Is he just something you're putting on to help you chase after the path that you want to chase? So there could be tons of options, like a means to get into heaven and escape from hell. He could be more like a doctor that you go to for healing. He could be more like a genie. You just He should grant any prayer that you ask, things like that. So think about it. I want, I'm not going to give you a long time, but I want you to try to write down any of these or more. Jot it down of what, be honest with yourself. Don't be afraid to go there. We can't go to the depths of treasuring him if we can't be honest with ourselves. So who is Jesus really to you? What have you really been receiving him as? And as of late, it's like I've been a Christian for an X amount of years. I'm not 100% sure. So, but I still can functionally interact as if Jesus is a tool on my tool belt or a disappointed father. And I know I have to always come back to he's not. That's not who he says he is. And I can look to him and I can read Mark and it's like, wow, he's so much better than what I think he is. So even if you are a Christian and you have been walking with Jesus, be honest of, as of late, how have you been receiving him? Has he been one of these things to you, or has he been who he says that he is? So next I want you guys to, while you're with your room, sitting in your room, we were honest with ourselves. Now I want you to be honest with your, with others. Start taking that step of vulnerability. So we're going to give you guys like 10-ish minutes to just share with your room. Um, just a tiny bit about how you're coming in when you've read through the May stuff. Um, then to be honest about, have you received Jesus or how have you, what have you been receiving him as, as of late? And then share with each other what your prayer was for hoping that God would do in you this summer. Okay, so you have 10 minutes to share with your room. Um, good job though, practicing vulnerability and taking the step in that direction with your room. So we looked in, we were, or we um, were honest with ourselves and we took a moment to be honest with ourselves. Then you just took a chance to be honest with others. So I just want to end with us looking up so that we don't end on ourselves because nowhere in the Bible does it end on us. Um, so let's look up together. Remember I said that, they, that Piper said that there are a lot of ways that you can receive Jesus that have nothing to do with your eternity except to make it worse. So we just saw, okay, when I'm honest with myself, um, when I am self-reliant in what I project Jesus to be, it's very off and actually could be really bad for me. Um, but thankfully, it's not ending there. So I'm going to actually look outside of myself, look up, and say and see what does Jesus say about who he is because that's what matters. So if we receive Jesus for who he says that he is, then we can discover him more and treasure him more and grow in loving him. Um, not who you imagine him to be, not who we want him to be, maybe not even what we always like that he says, but what he says, plain and simple. 
So I want to, there's a ton of things, and I'm really glad that we're studying Mark 2, because you're going to be able to look at um, a lot of the things that are talked about who Jesus is and who he says that he is. Um, but I'm just going to go through two quickly, just to help us look at him, um, and then we'll be done. So the first one I want to talk about is that Jesus says that he is the bread and the water. Um, I'm sure he maybe says this in Mark, but I just went to John. John 6.35 says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So Jesus is the bread of life. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Imagine bread that gives life. And then I was like, wait, that's what all bread does. Unless you have celiac, I guess it wouldn't. But <laughs> bread that gives life. Like, that's what consuming food does. Um, Jesus is the bread of life. He gives life. He is water to our soul. Um, so what do we know about bread and water in general? We know that we need it in order to live, um, to have life initially. Um, if we don't eat and we don't drink, then we will look alive on the outside for a few days, but internally we will be wasting away and we will die. Um, so this is the same for our souls. We need Jesus, um, and we need him all the time. We need him in order to have actual beginning of spiritual life, period. Even though we could look like we have spiritual life, but if we don't, if we have not received Jesus as our source of life, bread and water, that we might look like we have life, but internally be dying and wasting away. The second thing we know about bread and water is that we need it continually to continue to have life. So if you've been around baby Mabel at all for like the day that we've been down here, um, or get around her more, you will know that she is outside of the room for a very short period of time. You probably heard her cry in the back of the room earlier um, because like clockwork, more food, more food, more food. And she is eight weeks old and she already knows I need more food. I need more food in order for me to, to continue to live. And she will let you know very loudly if you don't give her food. Um, so that's the same with Jesus. We don't receive him once and that's it. We need to continue to receive him and eat bread and water. It's so fascinating. I love the way that God designs things because he puts all these magical things into the world to continue to send us messages. So is it not some weird thing that he has designed that you have to eat every single day? He didn't have to do it that way. He could have been like, we'll give you a meal when you're first born and then you can have another meal in like a year or maybe never. Maybe we didn't have to continue to eat. But if you do not eat every single day, you will physically die. And I feel like it's him being like, hey, you need me, you need me, you need me. And it's mind-blowing because we take this thing outside of us that thankfully tastes good because he could have just given us like porridge for our whole life and we would have known nothing else. But he gives us like feasts of wonderful different flavors of food. That's, I wouldn't put cookout on that list, but some do. Um, and then we take it from outside of us, we put it inside of us. Our body does magical things that we have zero control over. It keeps the things that we like gets rid of the things that are bad for us, and then we grow. Edwin, my four-year-old, is recently obsessed with a digestive tract for some reason, but because he eats food and then he keeps going, what's in there? Because he's trying to figure out where the food went. And so we've had to look up a lot of pictures to explain what the throat is and the stomach and the intestines and why we get to keep some parts of the food and why our body gets rid of the other parts of the food. But it's, it's crazy. Like The more that I share about it with him, I'm like, and cause I'm like you were very little one time, and because you just continue to put food in your mouth, now you grow. And like, it's, it's amazing. But that is, I feel like, a spiritual reality that God is like, hey, take from me. Eat me. Continue to receive me. Take from outside of you. So don't be self-reliant. Take from outside of you, which is me. 
and the life that I promise you and continue to learn about me and continue to love me and continue to learn about me and continue to love me and then we spiritually just grow. And we don't know how it happens and his Holy Spirit's the one that's inside of us just like our digestive tract we don't partake in and then it just grows us and then years later it's like, wow, I've loved Jesus more than I did last year and I don't really even know how that happens. So it's really cool. So that's what he is. He's the bread of life, living water. He is what we need to have life period, in general, like spiritual life, and the continued of receiving him and loving him. Um, the other thing that he says that he is, is that he is Lord. Some, some of you in here, most of us in here would say, yeah, Jesus is my savior. But if, is that all that he is? Because there's a big difference um, when we replace the statement Jesus is our savior with Jesus is our Lord, fundamentally changes a lot of the things about our walk with the Lord. So I'm just going to look at a couple. Um, Jesus as my Savior is very me-centered. Jesus came to save me, makes it about me, my story. I needed to be saved. He came and he saved me. I'm the damsel in distress, and he's the hero. He is the hero, but we were the dragon, the evil one, not the damsel in distress. Um, our family check a creed. We have the first part. Jesus is king. Jesus is the hero of the story. We are the recipients. Like, it's about him. So when Jesus is Lord, it's Jesus-centered. The story's about him. He's at the center. When you open the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, Ari, or in the beginning, human. It was in the beginning, God. So the story is all about him. So when he is Lord, he gets to be at the center. When he's just Savior, then it can become very me-centered. The other thing is that it can be, when Jesus is just my Savior, it's just it's personal. Like, I needed saving in this way, so he saved me here. But when he's my Savior and my Lord, then it's missional. Because he has every right for everyone in the world to worship and love him. Because he is the Lord of all things. Then that invokes you to want to go out and be like, everyone should love him and worship him and get to know him. And he can be their Savior and Lord as well. So it doesn't end in just being personal. And the last way is that Jesus as Savior alone is a spiritual thing, but Jesus as my Savior and my Lord is holistic. So when Jesus is just my Savior, then it's, I'll control all the things that I can control, but the areas that I can't, I'll let him in and take control over. But if he's my Lord, then that means every single aspect of my life, everything about me, the way that I write my talks, the way that I parent my children, the way that I work, the way that I play sports, the way that I play competitive board games, whatever it is, every area should be under the category of his lordship because in the beginning him, not in the beginning me. Um, so these are just a few ways that I, I want you guys to grasp the concept of receiving Jesus and not just how we want to and not just the ways of um, one part of him, but everything that he says he is. So he is our bread and he is our water and he does save us. But he is not just Savior, he's also Lord. And what's really sweet about him being Lord, which means that he can do whatever he wants, is that him being able to do whatever he wants with all of his power is that he chose to save you. And that's what makes that so beautiful, is that he didn't have to do that. But in all of his reign and in all that he deserves, he was like, I do want to use that to come and save you and rescue you. Um, so one quick verse, Matthew 8 says, um, this is how Jesus interacting with a leper. He came down from the mountain, and great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, 
I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I just love this because of the leper's faith there. He knows God can do whatever he wants. And so he says, if you will, if you want to do this, I know that you can make me clean. And I just, that was helpful for me to be like, I I wonder what it would look like to pray that way, to know God can do whatever he wants. And so he gets to do whatever he wants. Um, But to still ask, if you will, would you do these things? Um, and he, he trusts, and then Jesus says, yes. <laughs> like, I'm Lord, I can do what I want with the power I have, and yes, I choose to use all that to come and to save you. And that makes his bread and water, his saving grace, really beautiful. So let's be the greatest suspect of ourselves, because what do we need to be afraid of? When you go to a doctor, it's because you have tried all of your self-reliant ways and have realized, I can't fix what's inside of me. I need to go to somebody who's outside of me that's more equipped just scared him um so jesus is just like that he's saying i didn't come for the healthy i came for the sick right so don't be afraid to go all the way to the depths and be like i can't rely on myself and when i do i can i get jesus completely wrong so now i want to look outside of myself and go to him and be like jesus who do you say that you are and would you use the magical work that you do to come in me be that bread be that water for me and change me forever so all june and july the rest of your life, but as we're just talking about project here, when you hear um, talks, take that moment to be like, okay, what's really going on with me here? How can I share this with someone else? How can I end with looking at Jesus? And you just do little blips of that all summer long, and I, I promise you, he is trustworthy to his word to give of himself and continue to give of himself with his lordship to love you guys and to grow you guys. So I'll pray to that end. And then we have a few announcements, I promise, and you'll be done after that, okay? God, thank you um, that in the beginning was you, not us. It would be a really, really tragic story if the beginning was about us and if the whole thing was about us. But it's really good news for us that the goodest, greatest, biggest story is about you, and you've asked us and invited us to participate in that. Um, Thank you for... Jesus and his lordship that he has over all things in this world. You have given him authority over all things. And in that authority, he has chose to move towards us and lay down his life um, so that we can be heirs of the kingdom with you and with him. So I pray this summer, as the summer always goes in ways we don't predict or expect, um, but it's always gone according to your plan. Before the world began, you wrote out these days for each and every heart in here. And so I pray that this summer would be bread and water to these souls, either life for the first time or continued life to grow, that knowing you would be sweeter than it ever has and that treasuring you would be a continued fountain that would grow the rest of our lives. We can't do that without your help, and so we ask and pray that you would for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2023 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis the college ministry of the North Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.